All right. So I'm very excited about this episode today. I have a special friend that I met through my coaching business who is going to share with you some things about just what's going on culturally, our military, how that affects families, and also really come and share from a a mother's perspective about how to share what is going on in the world with our children. So I couldn't be more excited. So sit back, listen up, and we are going to share some good stuff with you today. Hey y'all, and welcome back to Living on Mission. I know that sometimes it's hard to find the joy in Jesus in the everyday moments, but that is exactly what we're going to do by digging into God's word, letting go of whatever is holding you back from living on mission for Christ, talking about the everyday life, laughing a little and crying a little, because let's be honest, we all do a little of both. So settle in, grab a cup of coffee, and let's live on mission together. Welcome back, you guys. So this is um, the 11th episode of the podcast, and I really wanted to focus on speaking to women and speaking to families uh, about a lot of things that are going on in our world. Uh, As our kids grow older, they become more exposed to what's happening. And it's our job as mamas, as wives, as women to to stay informed, first of all, I believe that, and to also know how to um, just communicate with our children. So I have a very special friend with me today who is very pregnant like this podcast may or may not have happened if she had gone into labor but I want to introduce Tara to you today and I will not butcher your last name I will let you pronounce that for our listeners but um just quickly Tara and I met through we're both health and fitness coaches we have been on a weekend retreat together we have both just had fun doing that but she is very much a strong believer in Jesus Christ and I respect her for that I respect her faith and she's a mama to almost four well to four any day now and she's also a military wife so Tara do you want to tell our listeners just a little bit more about you those are just the basics yes I mean the basics really cover a lot of who I am um but we are a military family in the fact that he's in the National Guard so we get to live the civilian lifestyle but also the military lifestyle and I know a lot of people hear National Guard and they think like oh a weekend in the year or a weekend in the month and two weeks in the summer. But we've had such a unique experience with it where we've actually been through a lot of just different um, calls to action through his service. Um, One of which being a tour in Afghanistan, which he served end of 2018 until our son was born in 2019 actually. So during my last pregnancy, he was in Afghanistan but he's also done a lot of stateside serving. Um, and just genuinely, every time we sit back and we look at that, we say, well, this is God's call for us to serve. It's been <laughs> crazy at times and it's been hard at times, but it's always proven so, so fruitful for me and for our three kids that we have on the outside. And I'm sure that this whole life will impact the baby that we're about to welcome fully in just really awesome ways. But he and I've been married for uh, eight plus years, you know, I don't know where we are in months. I don't even know what today is, but we are married for eight years. We do have the three kids and, um, yeah, I mean, that is just our crazy life. I think that one of the things that really stood out to me when we were together at our beach retreat, um, is that 
the way you talked about military service, the way that you did really and truly see it as a form of, of, I don't know if you would use the word ministry, but it was, it was a calling that was over not only his life, but your life as well. And I, I love the military. My mom has instilled this love of the military for me and what you guys do for us. But I'm always so quick to also say thank you to the wives of active military servicemen and men, just because you serve too, like you very much serve uh, our nation by, by being his wife and, and, you know, being there when he comes home and, and pouring into him while he's away. And so thank you, first of all, before we go any farther, thank you for your service because it's very important. Um, But we also, you know, we, you and I, I know that whenever everything that happened in Afghanistan a couple of weeks ago or a week ago, I don't know, it feels like forever, but uh, you know, you were one of the first people that I reached out to because I remembered that your husband had served in Afghanistan. And I was just kind of like, Tara, what what are your thoughts? Uh, Would you mind to share that? Just like your initial thoughts, like how you feel as a family who has served there? Yeah. uh, So there are so many thoughts. And I think it's just been this evolution of thoughts through Mm -hmm. the whole process because, you know, obviously things for a while were changing daily just with um, what was happening, what was being decided, what was going on. Um, and then just how we're feeling about it mm-hmm. started out just kind of almost in shock. Like what, like, how is this possible? Like, you know, this, obviously this war had lasted for the majority of our lives, but then also our entire marriage has been surrounded around it. You know, we got married in the summer because we had a potential deployment coming you know, a few months later. So we're like, okay, well, let's get married now. Otherwise we're going to have to wait. And then that didn't happen. Um, but then we ended up going on a deployment later and there was the training involved in that. So a lot of our like focus for a long time in our marriage has been around what was happening in Afghanistan. And so once things really started to get, I guess, like shake up, it's a good way to say it. Um, it was just a shocking thing. Um, and it was one of those moments where I wanted to have all of the emotions all at once. And I wanted to feel, you know, I wanted to feel mad and I wanted to feel sad and I wanted to feel excited that this was ending. And I wanted to feel, you know, joyful that we were bringing troops home and all of the things. And that's a lot on a normal person, not to mention hormonal and pregnant, all of these things. Um, And then sitting beside my husband, watching him go through it and experience it and think about his time over there knowing some of what he saw, knowing some of what he did, knowing some of just the things that he left behind. Now watching it kind of unfold the way it did, it was just a really, really heavy time. And it was just so tempting to rest more in the bad than it was to look for the good. When we'd look at the situation, I had to see how I needed to handle it emotionally in order to guard my heart because I did not, obviously did not want this to impact my relationship with God. No anger towards him because that's just not, well, that's not fruitful. (laughs) And then also how to support my husband as he's going through all of this. And, you know, his military command text chain is blowing up on, on his phone and they're all expressing their emotions and, and just hearing the different perspectives of what they feel and knowing where I get to come from. It was a lot for a while. And so it was just kind of a day by day process and then an evolution from going from 
okay, let's, let's start over today and see where we are and see what's going on and how can we process this? But always coming back to the reminder that God is good and God knew, God knows what's happening. He knows more of what's happening than our military leaders, than our government does, than Michael and I know, like he knew all of this and he is not a wasteful God. Like he is not throwing any of this away. He's not throwing away any of how I'm feeling any of how these other soldiers are feeling or any of like the actual, what was happening to the boots on the ground, citizens and civilians on the ground. And I had to just rest in that faith, Mm -hmm. knowing that he was so good and so sovereign and he was completely in control. And I am not, all I can control is me and my response and my reaction and my support and emotion and all of that kind of stuff. So that was a very long-winded answer for your question, but it has just been like this evolution over the past two weeks of one day at a time, but always remembering that God is good. Yeah, he is good. He is good. I'm covered in goosebumps as you talk in your response. One thing while you were talking and speaking of response, like, you know, the mission of this podcast is to know Christ and make him known. And, you know, I don't know how to say this exactly, but a lot of response to what is happening in the world has not really been, you know, worthy of pointing people to Christ, I guess I should say, I don't know, Mm -hmm. but how can we use this opportunity as women, as believers, as even like for you and me, we're very much in a leadership role really. And what we do, especially on social media. So, I mean, you are, you are a woman who thinks out her response. You are a woman who thinks out her response to God first. And I know before you go live or post anything on social media. So could you just explain like how are you, how, what's a good, what's some good advice for, for women like us who, who do want to respond, but we want to do it in a way that honors Christ? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of it does start with our personal lives, just kind of thinking through what I do in any sort of crisis, not just in this Afghanistan situation, but I think it's really important to sit with it first and to feel, to feel it to feel what's going on and to let it make you feel uncomfortable because it's when you feel uncomfortable that you feel challenged and that you start to ask questions. And I, I don't believe that God is a God who doesn't like questions. I believe he wants you to ask him questions and he wants you to wrestle with what's hard because that is life. Like life is hard. And in the Bible, this is in John 16, 33, he says that I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. And I think that this and any other really hard situation is a time where we face tribulation. We, we face things that are challenging and scary and sad, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And like, that is, I know that that's a more common, well-known verse, but I think that that's such a good one to sit in and have your hope in in these times because you really don't have to worry about it. Like you have to know that the scary and the sad and anger it's coming, but take heart because you have this great gift of hope in Christ. So that's the first thing I would say is just to sit with what makes you uncomfortable and sit with what makes you ask questions and therefore like grow deeper, both in your personal life, but in your relationship with the Lord. I think it's also really important 
when it's sad to sit in the sorrow and in the sadness of it because I the last thing I would want to have happen is a situation like this where we forget that lives have been lost and every life that was lost was made in the image of God and that makes it precious and that makes it worth mourning and God is sad over this like God does not (laughs) he does not want this kind of stuff you know he doesn't want everyone to die and everyone to be sad but he wants you to know how much he loves you and he cares for you and he made you and those people did die and it is okay to feel that sad don't let it crush you but to feel that sadness and to feel that weight makes you feel that important. And I think it's also such a good reminder of the fact that you were too made in the image of God and that you get to walk forward knowing that you are an image bearer and that you get to be a part of what happens next. You have been given another day to be a part of changing or doing or being or seeing mm-hmm. whatever that has laid out but after that also know your limits because there is a point where you can feel the sadness and then you can feel the sadness kind of crushing you and that is definitely not where you want to go so again this is a military situation this is a wartime situation or transitioning into peacetime situation but still very heavy very hard to know where your limits are and know how far you can go Mm -hmm. in that sadness before you do need to withdraw And that's where I really love Ecclesiastes when uh, the author goes through there are different times. There's the time, you know, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to laugh and a time to mourn, a time for love and a time for peace. Like he knows Mm -hmm. there are times for all of these things. And that's why I do think it's okay to rest in that sorrow. But then it is okay to move move forward. And I told my husband, I literally, I was on the phone with him because he's out of town. And I said, babe, I was thinking about getting a pedicure tomorrow, but am I so selfish to do so when there are people dying in Afghanistan? And he had to remind me of this because it is so hard to remember that it is okay to to move forward and to do things that make you happy or make you feel at peace or calm or literally physically feel better. Yeah. When other places where that's not the case because God didn't make us to live in that in that sadness and sorrow he did say there's a time for the good stuff too so know your limits know when to pull back from what you're hearing and what you're seeing and consuming and enjoy both and then obviously the most important thing in any situation sad good whatever is to pray Mm. like always pray and you know God says this is in I took my notes and now I can't read my notes, but this one is in Philippians, but it says rejoice in the Lord always, even when it's bad, even when it's hard, rejoice in the Lord. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and supplication. So like a humble request, like I'm praying to you, God, I'm coming to enter your presence and be with you. And I'm making these requests known to you with thanksgiving, knowing that he is almighty, good and sovereign. Make your request known to him and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart. And that is, I think, so, so important to remember that we don't know everything. We don't have that kind of calm, comfort or peace, but God does. Yeah. And he gives that to us when we come to him in that way. And when we come to him through that, just those are kind of like my four steps, I guess, to handling it personally. And then I am also hyper competitive. So in my head, 
I think to myself, if I let the anger consume me or the sadness consume me, I'm in a way letting the enemy win. Yeah. Because I don't want to rest in that. I want to rest in the hope of the Lord and the love of him, not the adversaries. And so just remembering that, like, I'm not going to put another tally in the enemy's win box. Like, this one's going to God. Even if it's hard for me to see or experience, this one's for him. It is. It's a fight. It's a fight. I love, I love that you're like competitive. Cause I see that I I'm all about the spiritual battle and I know it's happening. And I think we get so caught up in what is happening, like in the world around us that we forget, like you said, to just sit with it and look at what the bigger, bigger picture is. And this is a fight between good and evil between God and Satan. You know, we know who's won. We know, he, you know, Jesus has won the battle, but it's still, while we're here, Satan will use this to, to make us ineffective, ineffective. Hey, where were that, that last set of verses that you read? Where was that from? Philippians four, yeah. four seventeen. Okay. okay. It, Cause the boys and I were doing a devotion this week and I think it was in first Thessalonians. I should know this, but again, you know, God repeats that he says, find joy, give thanks and don't stop praying. Like pray with us, you know, which leads me to my boys are 10 and 12 and they've had a lot of questions. Like they've had a lot of questions about, you know, we have to, we have to be cautious about what we watch around them, but I am definitely not one that will shield them completely because this is their world. This is their world we're living in. This will, you know, someday if Jesus doesn't come back, like they got to live in it without us. Right. And so I am very passionate about educating them, informing them, but doing it in a way that also like, I don't want to scare them, but points their faith to God. And so like, I know you have children different ages. What advice would you give moms, dads, even if they're listening to, to how do we, how do we communicate what's happening in the world to our children in a way that like strengthens their faith in God? Like, do you, are, do you have some practical tips or some verses or anything to share about that? Yeah. I mean, I definitely, Yeah. So my kids are younger, so it's a little bit different, but I think that's part of parenting. You have to know your kids and recognize where they are uh, in their maturity. And I'm not just talking about like, you know, do they still spit at people? I'm talking about like things like their emotional maturity. How do they process things? How can they handle things? So my oldest is five. I've got an almost four-year-old. I have a just turned two-year-old. So obviously I'm not just going to walk in the room and be like, you guys, this is what the news is reporting. I'm going to use, you know, everything. But again, like you, I won't shield them from everything. So we do talk about it somewhat openly. Normally I'm a really big fan of talking above their understanding and then explaining and breaking it down just because I think that that's more formative. I think that can help them better because when you give them this big concept, they have to think about. And then you help kind of process it with them. We have not shied away from the subject. They know that, you know, mommy and daddy are are hearing things that are happening in Afghanistan. They remember when dad was gone. They remember because that was part of their lifetime. So they remember that he was over in Afghanistan. And so to hear that is familiar. And to know that there are people there that need us to pray for them Mm -hmm. is kind of the approach we've taken. So explaining to them that, there is, there's a lot of danger right now. You know, there are people that are scared. There are people that are living in darkness. There are people that are living, feeling hopeless. 
and we want to pray for them in that way. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, as they get older, I would probably add more of the details to it. But for now, I'm taking it basically as close to the Bible as I can, explaining it to them that way. And I'm not going to shy away from parallels in the Bible either. Like if I'm talking to my kids, they mostly know the bigger stories of the Bible, not the nitty gritties, but I can use like the story of Job. And I can say, hey, you remember when God tested Job and it was a really scary and God, you know, he knew that that was faithful and he that Job was faithful, but he still tested him. And it was really, really hard and scary, but Job had to have faith. Well, that's kind of what's going on right now. So we need to pray for the people to have faith mm -hmm. and we need to pray for them to have hope. Okay. And we need to just all of these things. And then another big thing that we like to talk about with our kids, because the imagery is so strong, is just the light that God is mm -hmm. and reminding them that even though it's dark and there's a shadow like cast over this whole situation where there are shadows, there is evidence of light. Mm -hmm. And that is always something that we look forward to. And they understand that so well, because, you know, we hear like, mommy, I can't sleep. I'm so scared. There's a shadow in my room. And I say, yeah. yes, but baby girl, when there's a shadow, there's light. And who is the light of the world? And they remember that God is the light of the world. And in that, we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to feel hopeless. We know he is there. And it's the same thing in Afghanistan. There are people that are scared living in the shadow, in this darkness but there is hope and we pray that hope for them. And then too, you know, we pray for safety and we pray for, we pray for people to come home, you know, and we use those kinds of words, the less scary yeah. version of the story, you know, but people would make it on a plane and get home safe and yeah. sound. And they understand those things at their age, that, that sort of thing. I did not <laughs> cover death with my kids in this yeah. particular situation because I don't think their emotional maturity to process that is there. But yeah. as they get older, again, I think it's really important to tell them these things in a way that doesn't scare them and bring it back to their Bible. Again, remind them that they're image bearers, remind them that this is something that we can mourn over and that we can show our support for. And if you're stateside and you're looking for a way to serve, there are ways to serve these families and there are ways to serve those who are hurting and to walk alongside them. And maybe that's where you, as somebody who lives in the United States and not overseas in a third world country, you get to, to step up and be the hands and feet of God. So I think there's a lot of different ways you can use these as opportunities. It's just kind of recognizing where your kids are at and go from there. Right. That's so good though. Like I, I, I can't wait to get home and talk to Henry and Milo about the darkness and the light. Cause we haven't, we haven't really like used that imagery yet in this situation. They know it and we talk about it a lot, but this is a real world example of, yes, it seems dark and it is dark and it is scary, but, but the light always wins in the end, like Trump's darkness. What are, you mentioned some ways stateside that like we could help. Do you have any suggestions for ways that we can help right now stateside or? Yeah, I mean, I think if you know anybody in service, reach out to them and just kind of see how they're processing things yeah. and handling things. Chances are, if they're like me, they just appreciated the fact that you remembered and you were like, yeah. hey, are you doing okay? Because it is hard and it is a lot. Pray for people that you have, um, that you know, obviously pray for the families of the soldiers that did die, I think is important. And I think that that is, I mean, God hears those cries. And that at the end of the day, prayer is the most important and most effective thing you can possibly do for anybody in any situation. So especially in this, like praying for them would probably be best uh, as far as like actually serving, though. You know, there are lots of ways 
if you knew someone that served any time in the past 20 years, sit down and talk to them and talk to them about their experiences. Just because I know plenty of soldiers who feel like their experience is being diminished by the way everything is ending and that their time and their sacrifice was pointless and worthless. And I know like Michael and I had to walk through that, like we had to ask God and wrestle with God, how could you take him away during the, like he, he was deployed while I was pregnant with our third, our first boy. And he was gone the whole time and he missed the birth. And we we're like, God, how could you, how could you let this moment go by and him miss it? That feels like it was such a waste of time now, mm-hmm. you know, like he was over there building stuff at Bagram and he was going to outposts and doing these things. And it's all a waste now. And that was not where God wanted to speak. Like like I said, God does not waste that time. So reach out to the soldiers. If you knew them serving in the past 20 years and listen to their stories and remind them how important that time was Mm -hmm. and how grateful you are for their protection that they did provide. Uh, I think that's really, really important. And it also opens the door just to, to again, be that light and remind them that God didn't waste it. God used you so much and it was so fruitful of a time. Yeah. And I think that too, you know, it's almost like retroactively like supporting someone, but you know, I, we you keep coming back to the, the light and it is such an easy opportunity, I think too, for Satan to creep in and for us to use social media to, to, for outbursts and for, you know, mm-hmm. condemning even like our leaders and our, you know, our current administration and he does, he does not call us to do that. <laughs> I don't yeah. think he, he actually tells us not to, he tells us to pray for them and to, to submit to them. So long as they're where they're leading us, you know, is it honors God. Yeah. I think that too, like one thing that I see a lot of is just even believers getting online and, and, and just not acting like believers. And I've been guilty of it. I've done it. I'm not judging. It's just like right now, that's not what we need. Like that is not what mm-hmm. we need. Never what we need. Just how we conduct ourselves are asking ourselves, does this, is this going to hurt long-term? Is it, does it matter? And is it pointing people to Christ? And you do, you do that so well. I follow you on social media and you do that so well. And I appreciate that about you. You have brought so much, so much to, to the listeners. Like, seriously, like that was so wonderful. I wanted to stand up and like, I was at church and just say preach, but I appreciate you. I appreciate your service. I appreciate, I mean, even just the, your family, your growing family, you know, you took your time, you're about to have a baby any second. And you took the time to do this because I know that you felt like people needed to hear this, this side of it. And I appreciate that more than you will ever know. I will send you a special baby gift again. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you for what you do. And I know this will bless so many people. Well, thank you. And, uh, yeah, we're definitely continuing to pray for yep. everything. We will keep praying without ceasing, without ceasing, never stop. That's what Milo says. Mom, we never stop praying. That's right. Okay. All right. Um, all right, you guys, thank you so much. If this encouraged you, please definitely share a screenshot, tag me, tra- uh, tag Tara, share this so that other people who may be suffering, maybe not, they don't know how to pray. They don't know what to think about what's going on in the world. This um, will definitely encourage them. So please, please share and tag us so that we can, we can share it too. So have a good day, you guys.